Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. Each episode will focus on some pieces of music from the video game corpus and talk about one musical concept found in those pieces. In our first season, we're diving deep into the score of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, the day has finally arrived. On April 17, 2019, the first fighter from the Smash Bros. DLC Challenger Pack joined the roster. After waiting for a few short but painful hours for the Smash Ultimate 3.0 update due to some Nintendo of America server malfunctions, Joker is now a playable character. He has some interesting and unique gameplay mechanics, and it should be fun to watch the meta surrounding the character evolve in the coming weeks. Tens of thousands of audience members watch Twitch streamers like Zero and Nairo as they constantly hit refresh on their switches until finally Joker was with us. The 3.0 Super Smash Bros. Ultimate update not only comes with a new character, but the return of the stage builder mode from previous titles, as well as more online features including video editing and the ability to upload and download stages, videos, and Mii Fighters from other users. Of course, the addition of the Persona universe also brought new spirits, a new stage, mementos, and, most importantly for us on this podcast, new music. There are 11 new songs in the sound test menu from the Persona games. Five from Persona 5, and three each from Personas 4 and 3. One song from each of the original games also happens to be a remix track. And then, for the first time ever, we have three new victory jingles for this character. The three jingles are from Persona 5, 4, and 3, respectively. However, from what I can tell, the latter two victory jingles only play under the condition that a song from their game is being played while on the Memento stage. If you play on any other stage, or if you play on Mementos with a Persona 5 song, the regular Persona 5 victory jingle will play. The other thing of note is that Joker is the second character to have a victory jingle to play on a continuous loop after the victory, the first being Cloud's Final Fantasy VII jingle. But this episode won't be about the victory music. Let's talk about a track from Persona 5. But before that, let's acknowledge the background track that we're playing right now. Life Will Change Instrumental. This was used in Joker's first reveal trailer back in December 2018. It was composed by series composer Shoji Meguro, but it's not one of the songs that we find in Smash Ultimate. For this episode, let's listen to the remix that is from Persona 5. This is Beneath the Mask, rearranged by Ace Tomori Kudo Chiko, with vocals from Lin Inaizumi. Nothing to be found, a mirror 
proud of me. That's where I find an empty glass. Reflection does the truth. It's having what's I do be told. I need the mask. I'm a chef, chef, chef. Apples masquerade. Hiding both face and mind. Afraid for you to draw. I'm a chef, chef, chef. Chained up to my core. Please don't take off my mask. My place to hide. If you're like me, when you heard that Joker was announced as the first new character in the Challengers pack, your first thought was that this would be a terrible DC comic crossover with a Batman villain. Persona is a series I really haven't known that much about, but I do know that those people who like it really love it. This is from the wiki. Persona 5, released on the PS4 in 2016, is an RPG following the protagonist, whom the player names but whose codename is Joker, as he attends a year of high school in modern-day Tokyo. The player can take part in social activities to improve relationships with other members of the party, participate in part-time jobs or leisure activities to improve stats, and uncover information about the story. The turn-based battle RPG element of the game takes place in the metaverse, a supernatural realm consisting of the physical manifestation of humanity's subconscious desires. In the metaverse, people with large enough desires form their own unique palace, which is modeled after their own distorted perception of the world, along with a shadow version of themselves. Palaces are populated by various types of shadows, who take their forms after each palace and become subservient to its leader. At the center of each palace exists the source of the leader's desires, known as the treasure. The act of removing a treasure forces the person in the real world to come to terms with themselves, publicly renouncing their crimes, sins, and vices if they were a criminal. Joker's role is as the leader of the Phantom Thieves of Hearts, who make it their mission to change the hearts and minds of criminals and other ne'er-do-wells in the game. The original version of the song we've been listening to, Beneath the Mask, plays in Tokyo at nighttime. The feel is a lot different, but features the same vocalist, Lin Inaizumi. The original game is composed by Shoji Meguro. Have a listen. Chill Jam is much more suited to a sleepy, empty, nighttime-feeling atmosphere. The remix we heard earlier is much more suited to a fighting game, and is also a good representative of the musical style of the rest of the game as a whole. The beat is driving, it's danceable. Let's take a look at the reasons for that, shall we? This week is all about... 
Disco. Disco is a music genre that was widely popular in the 1970s, originating in the U.S. and drawing influence from funk, pop, and psychedelic music. Beyond the music itself, disco was associated with the urban nightlife scene. The whole cultural phenomenon, including the fashion, song lyrics, and everything else, was about having a good time on the dance floor at the discotheque while the DJ spins the fat beats. In fact, the DJ, or disc jockey's, ability to remix the songs on their LPs using turntables and audio consoles to accommodate the feel of the dance floor was vital to the disco scene. As we're about to discover, the production involved in creating disco music, as well as the sheer number of instruments, would make it near impossible to coordinate musicians to play live, nor would it allow them to be paid very much for that effort. Here's some authentic disco music to listen to as we discuss some identifying markers of the genre. This is the Bee Gees 1977 release, Stayin' Alive. five main features of disco music that are fairly ubiquitous, so let's talk about each one in turn. To me, the drums and the bass are probably the most identifying markers of disco. Let's start with the drums. They often have a four on the floor pattern, where the kick drum plays all four beats of the bar. This is different from rock, which usually just leaves the snare to play on the backbeat, that is beats two and four. In addition, in disco music, the hi-hats or some similar percussion like tambourine or triangle often plays on all 16th notes of the bar. The second and probably my most favorite element is the bass guitar. Usually bass lines in disco songs are really prominent and are often offbeat or syncopated and lean heavily into octave leaps. It's a scientific fact that sick bass lines make you dance better. And if disco is all about dancing, then it makes sense why we have that sick bass. A third distinctive feature of disco music are the harmonic instruments like keyboards, synth, and guitars. There's often a lot going on here that provides a pad of sound with many layered instruments. Some common instruments are the piano and the electric piano. The same can be said for electromechanic keyboards, such as the Rhodes piano or the Wurlitzer. Very briefly, let's touch on these, because I learned a little something about how these worked this last week. Have you ever opened an acoustic piano to look at the hammers striking the strings inside? The Rhodes piano generates sound in much the same way, but instead of strings, the hammers strike thin metal tines which are amplified via an electronic pickup plugged into an external keyboard amplifier and speaker. 
The step from an acoustic piano to a Rhodes piano is almost exactly like that of an acoustic guitar to an electric guitar. In terms of guitars for disco music, rhythm electric guitars often provide more of a percussive effect than anything, providing a distinctive chicken scratch sound, where the player frequently mutes the strings with the left hand while chunking along with the right hand with the pick close to the bridge of the guitar. A wah pedal can also add a very nice effect. A fourth feature of disco is the use of orchestral instruments. They often provide a distinctive tone color different from most rock, and are often used in disco to double the melody or harmony parts already being sung or played, or they could also play melodic fills between vocal parts. String sections or solo string instruments, like violin, viola, or cello, are probably most common, followed by instruments like flute, harp, trumpet, trombone, saxophone, clarinet, flugelhorn, oboe, timpani. Honestly, the list goes on. Lastly, the vocals. Classic disco often has layered, soaring, reverberated vocals. I mean, just listen to this. What more needs to be said? If I were just to describe all these elements to you, you'd probably be imagining quite the wall of sound. Let's recount our five points of classic disco sound and see if we can find that in our remix of Beneath the Mask. We should hear a drum pattern that uses a four on the floor beat and probably a 16th note rhythm in there somewhere, a prominent syncopated, sometimes octave leaping bass part, a wash of keyboards and guitars playing harmony, a group of orchestral instruments, and distinctive layered soaring reverberated vocals. Break out your bingo cards, everybody. First, let's listen to the chorus. Listen especially for the kick. I'm a chef at this masquerade, face in mine, free for you to draw. I'm a chef what a shit to be But don't take off my mask Revealing dark It's not consistent throughout, but for the most part, that kick plays on all the beats, unless it's matching the shots of the other backing instruments. And the hi-hats, especially leading out of the chorus, do become more busy with 16th notes. Success! Next, the bass. This one is all over the place, in just the ways that we'd expect. Where have you been? Been searching all along. Give us a dwell along and long. Without a clue, without a sign, without a We can check that off the list. Alright, now, keyboards and electric guitars. You can hear acoustic piano playing prominently in several places in the piece. There are also the sounds of Rhodes piano, especially leading into this section here. Real question to be asked, where have I been? 
The arranger has decided to let this sound sit further back in the mix, which totally works. Now, let's listen for that chicken scratch guitar. It sits pretty far back in the mix at this next section. Let's see if you can listen for it. I dig it. Alright, now for the orchestral instruments. They're all over the place. My ears just pick out strings in this piece. And the vocals? Well, when we hit the chorus, we get a complex chord of layered vocals with some nice reverb. I'm a chef at masquerade. both face and mine, for you to draw. I'm a chef have no face to show. Just don't take off my mask. There we go, our five points. I rest my case, QED. This is disco. Now that we've discussed this all in detail, let's address the elephant in the room. Why even use disco at all? I mean, the genre hasn't really been used for about 50 years, and it's not like the other games of the Persona series focused on this sound. While we consider the answer to that, let's listen to Wake Up, Get Up, Get Out There, composed by Shoji Maguro, which was also used in part for Persona 5's opening cutscene. The Persona games have always had a sense of style about them, specifically visually. Persona 4 was released on the PS2 and Persona 5 was released on the PS4, so the hardware upgrade allowed for greater detail in what players were looking at. Every bit of the game, from the opening sequence to the graphical user interfaces, to the cutscenes, battles, even option selects in the fights are really cohesive and they just pop. The characters themselves all have their own unique senses of style, and when they enter the subconscious of the evildoers of the game, they transform into caricatures. Flowing trench coats, elaborate masquerade masks, you name it. Even the way that Joker moves in Smash Ultimate, and the cutscene you get for winning a game with his final smash, it all has a huge sense of flair. Remember the origins of disco. It focused on fun, fashion, dancing, and in general just being over the top. The essence of disco, to some degree, matches the aura of Persona 5. Even though the musical genre hasn't had its heyday in about half a century, it can still be used to evoke the same feelings as it did then. So listeners, whether you were hoping for Joker to come to Smash or not, give him a chance. And at the very least, open your arms to the flair that this character can bring to our beloved game. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any comments or suggestions for a piece of music or a musical concept for us to unpack, you can contact me at overtonewarpzone at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media everywhere at OTWZ Podcast. I'm also very pleased to announce that Overtone Warp Zone will be a special guest this year with a critical cause for their 24-hour charity stream. 
A Critical Cause is a yearly charity event and community fund supporting mental health initiatives in Winnipeg. The group takes the time to sit down with local developers, streamers, gamers, and mental health advocates. You can follow along with the gaming action, hang out and share your own stories, and donate if you can on a Critical Causes Twitch channel. Donations are distributed as grants from the Winnipeg Foundation to local registered charities. The stream raised over $4,500 last year, and they hope to make an even bigger impact this time around. The stream begins May 4th at noon and ends May 5th at noon, Central Daylight Time. My spot representing Overtone Warp Zone will start at 9pm on May the 4th, so don't miss it. All information for the event can be found at criticalcause.org. Until next time, keep playing. <laughs>